If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. You guys need a team to do what you want to do. You can't, I mean, it's just, fuck, some of you do. You run a gym by yourself or you run a business by yourself. But that fucking sucks. Does that suck? I hate that shit. I would not want to do this alone. I love having a team. How do you create an unshakable business? I crossed $100 million in net worth by the age of 28. Now I'm growing acquisition.com into a billion dollar portfolio. In this podcast, I share the lessons I've learned in scaling big businesses and helping our portfolio companies do the same. Buckle up and let's build. All right, so we covered expectations. We've covered accountability. Now we want to cover communication. Sounds so sexy, communication. Uh, What is communication though, okay? And I have defined this. This is Layla's definition. So I have no fucking idea if this is a definition. This is how I define it, okay? Good communication within a company talking about within a company, right, is a combination of trading your assumptions for curiosity and actively listening to others on the team, okay? Good communication is the bridge between ignorance and understanding, okay? So if somebody, you tell them something and they still don't change their behavior, you have not communicated well because everybody also on your team communicates differently. Think about it like this. This is so powerful that in Sparta, they did not have a word for freedom. Slavery was rampant, and they didn't have a word for freedom. That is how important communication actually is. So why should you care? Really? Well, I have literally never had anybody tell me that they have quit a job because the boss is over-communicated. Not once. It's always the opposite. I've never heard a client be like, gosh, my coach really over-communicated. That's not good. Do you hear it? Okay. And then the other side of that, from like a personal matter, <laughs> I've never heard like a spouse leave a marriage because their spouse over-communicated about how they were feeling. So it's your job as a leader to set the tone for what communication really is, okay? Why? I like the little fat guy. <laughs> because the way that people perceive you from your communication skills is directly correlated with how much people like and trust you. Okay, really follow me on this. How many of you have somebody on your team that they're like a great high performer, but the way that they message people back in Slack or Voxer is like super short, kind of rude, kind of harsh, and the whole team just kind of doesn't really like them? Anybody? Anybody had that before? Okay, that is just because they lack communication skills. And it's just like I've had people on my team where they are brilliant. They're bright. In fact, I had somebody last year on my team who was like this amazing, super bright, super smart, couldn't communicate for shit. Now, I understood because I would talk to her in person and I was like, she's awesome. But her written communication, oh my God, it was so bad and everyone hated her. And I was like, literally, you're just bad at communication. Communication creates perception of what someone is really like. And it's just on the opposite side. We might have somebody who is incredibly smart, incredibly talented. Some of you in this room are incredibly smart and talented. But if you stood on the stage right now, you might sound like shit. You might be like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like me a year ago, I was like, Ugh, every time I got on stage right? Because it's a skill. You have to learn. And so generally speaking, in order to be an effective leader, you want to be liked and trusted. I've heard the whole like, I need to be respected. I don't need to be liked. I'm like, that's stupid. Because if people like you, they'll work more. That was a light bulb moment for me. And so the question really is, what are the actual behaviors that you can exhibit to be a good communicator, right? So I found this study it was literally, I think, five and a half or six years ago. It was done by MIT. 
And it was really cool because it was on communication. And what they did was they had about 30 businesses. And of those businesses, they had everybody that was a teammate wear a badge. And what that badge did was it tracked the communication that those people had with others on the team. And what they wanted to dissect is what is the correlation between communication and success in a business? And what are the behaviors that create good communication? Okay. Really interesting what they found is that there are four keys to success in communication. There is energy, engagement, emotional control, and exploration. I'm going to break these down for you guys because this really changed my mindset when it came to communication. It made me understand what I was doing wrong at the time. Now, the thing I will say is that this should make a lot of you feel really great because you have control over this. Communication itself was a greater predictor of success than individual skill or individual intelligence or the skill level of the team. So when you see those teams that's like everyone's really fucking smart, but they're all like mean to each other, it doesn't matter. They're not going to win. If you are not as intelligent and maybe not as skilled, you actually have a strategic advantage if you have good communication. So let's break down the four elements because I think you can all walk away and improve one of them. So what I want you to listen to with these four is which one am I really lacking right now that I could walk away and be like, I can, I can do this. I can influence this. And it has the highest ROI if I do. Okay. So energy is the number of exchanges that you have with your team, both verbal and nonverbal. Okay. So what does that look like? Right. That could be like there's in work, you have slack and you're slacking them. And how many times are you slacking them? There can be outside of work, you're actually liking their Instagram posts, maybe you're responding to their stories, and they're doing that for each other. It could be maybe you're tagging each other on Facebook posts. It could be that you're doing Zoom calls, phone calls. So it's the number of exchanges that you're having. This could also be high fives in person. This could be, you know, little faces you make at each other when things are happening. Like how much communication in general, both verbal and nonverbal, do you have with your team? The second is engagement, which is the distribution of energy amongst the team. Okay, this is the one that I was lacking, which is, okay, if you have, you know, three people in a team, it's what's the distribution between person A, B, and C? I'm sure that we've all had a team meeting where there's like three people who talk the whole time and then three people who don't say shit. Yeah? Poor distribution of energy. And so what we want is we want there to be even distribution of energy. So the more evenly everybody talks on the team, the better communication the entire team has. That means getting some people to shut the fuck up, and then it means getting some people to talk. And then there's emotional control. Emotional control is just how well we can manage and control our emotions more precisely and our emotional reactions to other people on the team. Okay, so what does that mean? That means that teams that stayed calm and neutral when receiving communication, right, and not having some big emotional reaction, were considered to have higher emotional control. It might not mean that they don't feel pissed off, but they certainly don't project that. And then lastly is exploration. <clears throat> okay, exploration is the communication that teammates engage in outside of their core team. So if you have the sales team or like, you know, maybe one, two people that sell, and then you have a couple of people that train, how often do they interact with each other? For some of you, it's fucking never. And they don't even know what a sales call looks like and they don't even know what a class looks like. And for some of you, it's like they're all one. The more congealed they are, the more that they understand what each other do and they talk to each other, the better the communication. So for a company like Gym Launch or some of the ones in our portfolio might be like they have a sales department, finance, marketing, tech, customer success, HR. It's like, how can we get all those people to talk to each other? 
One thing that I like to do is I like to assign people projects where I know that they're going to have to talk to other people on the team they wouldn't normally. So it creates a better distribution and more exploration of energy. Awesome. So what does good communication look like? This is it. It is energy times engagement added to emotional control times exploration. I really thought about the minus, the like pluses and the multipliers when I wrote this, but it's long. That's what creates good communication on a team. It sounds simple, but the thing is, I know how hard it is in practice. And that's why I want you guys to think which one of these four, if I worked on, would provide me with the highest ROI. So rate yourself on a scale, one to 10 communication. Again, one, it's abysmal, it sucks, it's awful. 10 is like, I don't know why I'm sitting here anymore, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Now we've got cadence. Everyone's favorite. That was a joke. Company cadence, business cadence, team cadence, whatever you wanna call it, okay? This is the fourth piece in the principles. What is a meeting cadence, okay? Bear with me here. Is how often regularly scheduled meetings happen in your business, okay? So if your business feels like, like gross and like lots of things happening and you don't really know what's going on, kind of like that wound up ball, what it should do is smooth it out and make it feel better. It should just feel lighter. You should understand what's happening. You should have more transparency. And so what I want you to do is think of it like it's a heartbeat for your team, okay? Without it, it's really hard to know how healthy the team is if you don't have a predictable heartbeat. And I know what you're probably thinking. You're like, Layla, meetings, I hate meetings. I don't want to talk about meetings, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I understand. Um, Predictable and reliable, reliable meeting cadences can really help eliminate uncertainty and promote security and creativity in your business. I can tell you that I learned this myself because when we first started Gym Launch, it was just Alex and I, and then hired like two people, and then I hired another few people, and then all of a sudden we had like 11 people. And I remember I had no meetings and just voxered people. And I remember I had a mentor and she was like, you really need to like get a couple meetings in place. Like, it's not like we need one, but like, let's have like one, one meeting, you know? And I was like, oh, fuck, that sounds awful. Like, why, why else would I have a business? I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> and I remember the first meeting that we ever did and my team after the, our ops manager, she like came to me and was like teared up and she was like, thank you so much. I feel so much better. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I'm like, you liked that? She was like, that was amazing. And I was like, that was amazing. You know, I'm like, I thought people didn't like these things. And that was what really hit me though. I was like, wow, if done right, people like these things. Now, could you function without one? Maybe, sure. I'm sure people are like, I'm techie, new, this, like, no, we don't talk, blah, blah. I don't even like that. I don't like, like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I like interaction with people that I like and I hire people I like. So uh, if done well, I think a lot of people do enjoy it. Now, if you feel like you're constantly in a reactive mode, you're never able to get ahead, you're frustrated that you and your team aren't on the same page, you're in the dark about the real problems in your own business, and you're confused as to what everyone does with their fucking time, um, and you're anxious that things don't move fast enough, then this is probably for you, and I think worth listening. Now, how can you know if meetings are good if you are not good at running them? So that used to be me, which is like, I remember one day I was sitting through some meetings and it was like, I think we had a couple of them on Monday and I was like, this fucking blows. I hate this. It's like every Sunday I'm like, we have meetings all day tomorrow. These are awful. I hate them. And maybe we should just cancel all of them. Right. And then I realized I spend so much of my time in one-on-ones, in meetings, in meetings with clients, in meetings with teammates, in, in meetings, like literally just in meetings, in meetings with like people that I'm networking with, like always in meetings. And I was like, if I hate meetings, maybe I actually just suck at running them. And I just don't know what goes into one. 
And I realized that I spent 90% of my time doing that and I'd never read one fucking book on a meeting. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. It's something I do so much with so much of my time and yet I actually have never studied it. I just assumed it was something that was like so common sense. And so then I decided, I was like, I'm gonna read every book I can find on meetings so I can really understand because I also like hate when people are like, this is how you run a meeting. I'm like, listen, there's no correct way. It's just like if someone's like, to lose weight, eat 1,500 calories. It's like, okay, blow me. Um, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so what I've come to uh, need to be on better behavior is that there are three elements of a successful meeting cadence, okay? There's really purpose, pulse, and preparation. I came up with these myself. I just want them to rhyme. Three Ps, okay? The first one is pulse. I want to explain to you the theory of this rather than like, this is how many meetings you need if you're running a gym, because I think this is much more applicable and you can use this forever. Pulse is the cadence that determines if meetings are productive or pointless, okay? So if you feel like your meetings are pointless, maybe you're having too many. If you feel like they're productive, you're probably having the right amount, okay? How do you determine the pulse? Activity times size. So how much activity you have in your company? Like, are we rolling something new out? High activity. Are we starting a new marketing game? High activity. Are we doing not jack shit new at all? Low activity. Size of the company. Are you guys going to have the same amount of meetings as like MiaAcquisition.com or like Gym Launch? No, please no. That'd be awful. That'd make no sense at all. Because bigger company, there's more people, more communication cadences. So if you don't have enough, usually it feels like there's chaos, a lot of disorganization, there's no follow through, really weak culture, low innovation, and like people are siloed. Versus if you have too many meetings and the cadence is too frequent, it's low productivity, long hours, low speed, low morale. People are like, oh my God, another meeting where I literally talk about jack shit that I care about. People just hate it. But if you can get it right and hit the sweet spot, it should feel like meetings increase productivity increase morale, you can innovate faster, you have more peer collaboration and a higher amount of accountability. So I think of it like this. It's like they can be too far apart, they can be too close, or they can be just right. That is pulse. So remember, activity times size. If you have a smaller team with less going on, less meetings. More stuff going on, bigger team, more meetings. Pretty simple. Does that make sense? Great. The second is purpose. Okay, what is the purpose? The purpose of a meeting cadence is the reason for why each meeting individually exists. Okay, so what is the purpose? Is it strategic or is it tactical? For simplicity's sake, I just want to focus on this. Okay, tactical is it's a meeting focused on the doing. It is small scale. It is usually about the how. How are we going to get this thing done? How are we going to reach this objective? and it is short-term focused. It's not focused on something that's two years out from now. It might be like, amazing, so we just attended this event called GymCon, and now we wanna roll out this new marketing campaign, and we signed up with this new company, and now we wanna roll this out with our team. How are we gonna do that? All right, team, I'm gonna get you guys together, I'm gonna present all the stuff to you, I'm gonna share the stuff that I learned from the event, right? Tactical versus strategic. Strategic might be like, I went to this event, and I came away, and I realized that we need to redo our whole fucking gym. Yeah, some of you might feel that way. Yeah, you're like, yep, this doesn't work anymore. I want to make some fucking money. So we're going to change it. We might have like a two-hour meeting. We're going to replan. We're going to redo our quarterly objectives, redo our long-term vision, redo our, you know, whatever, one-year objectives. It's the why and it's long-term focused. That is the difference between meetings. And so you want to know what the purpose is. Some people, you know, oftentimes tactical meetings could be a Slack, a Voxer, a phone call. But when it's a lot of people, sometimes it is better and easier to do it in a meeting. 
Strategic often is something that you want to plan a little bit more for ahead of time so you have more conducive conversation in the meeting itself and it doesn't go on forever. That is purpose. Now, the last piece that really makes these two things effective is preparation. Okay, so what is preparation for a meeting? Preparation is the process of making a meeting useful. Without this, this is why most people's meetings suck, honestly. So what is preparation? I was really trying to think about this, and it is having the right information, the right people, and the right agenda. Those three things. Without any one of those three, a meeting can feel awful, okay? Information, which is what information should the attendees have ahead of time in order to achieve the purpose of the meeting? So if you want to have a meeting with your team to share some stuff you learned, it would probably make sense to share your notes first. Most people, even myself, I don't process shit on a meeting. Someone tells me something on a meeting, it's like 10 minutes, and I'm like, oh, fuck, what you said. Like, nothing's happening. Like, it's just not, right? So that is how you inform people ahead of time. The second is what people should attend in order to achieve the purpose of the meeting. There are two kinds of people that should be on a meeting, or I think it's ideal to have on a meeting, right? One is a contributor. Those are people that have information that would be useful to let the decision makers know of so they can make the right decision, right? So say that you're having a problem with client churn in a program that you're running. It probably makes sense to have the trainers that are training the clients come into a meeting and then inform the decision makers, which might just be you and maybe an ops manager, of the problem, right? So you have decision makers and then you have the people that host the information. Those are the two people you want on the meeting. Now, do you have to have everybody from both sides? No, but you need to have enough to make it effective. And then lastly, it's just a simple agenda, which is like what needs to be discussed or shared to achieve the purpose of the meeting, right? Like let's put together a little, like just like you wouldn't tell your trainer to go run a class without any workouts. It's like, they're just like, I'm a free, I'm a free ball. Oh God, that's not a word. I'm gonna free, not free ball. I did this once. Free, freestyle it. Yeah, I'm gonna freestyle it. I did that literally one time. I was like, fuck, I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it meant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a freestyle this workout, right? And then you're like, what the fuck is this? Like the kettlebells are everywhere. Like they're like, they don't know what they're doing. Like very disorganized. Same for a meeting. You don't want to go into a meeting without an agenda because it's going to be the same as that. It's going to feel chaotic. It's going to feel disorganized. And it's going to feel like I didn't, it was kind of a waste of time. And it's going to take longer than it needs to. Those are the three things you need to make a meeting cadence. Now, I want you guys to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. And let me tell you, some of you might be thinking, well, Layla, I only host really one meeting a week. Well, then make it fucking good. It should make a good impression. And you should be able to do this better than somebody who has like 10 a week. One, you suck and your meetings really suck and you hate them as well, which we all have been there. 10 is they're amazing and you love your meetings. Awesome. The last piece in terms of the five principles of management is recognition. And guys, this is my favorite piece because our team knows at acquisition.com, me and Alex talk about this all the time. Um, and I think it's something that I have gotten substantially better at as I have grown as a leader. What is recognition? Recognition is the acknowledgement of a person or team's behavior, effort, or business result that supports the organization's goals and values. That is what it is in terms of a business. I'm not saying in general, right? There are two things that people want more than sex and money, and that is recognition and praise. And that is one of my favorite quotes by Mary Kay Ash. I think it rings true. So tell me this. What wife is most likely to cook for her husband? The wife who, when she makes the food, her husband tries it, and he's like, babe, 
fucking great. Like amazing meatloaf or whatever the fuck it is you make, right? Or the wife who she like gives her husband the food and he like takes a bite and he just like keeps eating. She's like, Ugh. like, what the fuck do you think, right? Has anyone ever done that? They've like cooked for their spouse and they're like start eating. You're like, you know what I mean? I'm Alex. <laughs> he knows. I'll be like, tell me, what do you think? <laughs> He's like, could have been better. <laughs> I liked last night's more. I'm like, fuck, this is why we eat out. Um, <laughs> kidding, right? The wife who gets the recognition from her husband. That bitch is probably going to get addicted to cooking. If every night he's like, bam, amazing, so good, you're amazing. You're like Martha Stewart, chef, why? Like, she's like, oh my God, she wants more of that. So she cooks more, she makes more, and she does better. On the other side, what husband is more likely to take out the trash? The husband who, when he takes out the trash, she's like, about time. He's like, wow, bitch. (laughs) Or the husband who, when he takes out the trash, he's like, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you did that. He's like, ooh. I want to make my wife like me more. What does that lead to? You know? <laughs> Recognition reinforces behavior. If you want someone to do more of something, recognize them for it. And be careful of what you recognize people for because you will get more of it, whether you like it or not. Okay? Recognition can be your biggest competitive advantage, especially in the industry that you guys are in. Gosh, there are so many people that don't do this here. Okay, what does this do for your business? Like, actually, tactically. Uh, one, it reduces employee turnover by 18%. The gyms that I have seen retain the most employees fucking recognize them all the time. They're nice to people, right? They tell them when they do a good job. It can increase uh, positive culture by 66%. It can increase profitability by 23%. Increase engagement by 14%. And increase your ability to recruit talent by 56%. I'm not kidding. Like, people ask me all the time, like, how do I get better talent? I'm like, people probably don't really like working there. It all stems from that. So why does this matter to you, right? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. You guys need a team to do what you want to do. You can't, I mean, fuck, some of you do. You run a gym by yourself or you run a business by yourself. But that fucking sucks. Does that suck? I hate that shit. I would not want to do this alone. I love having a team. And if you don't, and you don't, put this in place, often what you're going to experience is more demands for higher pay, more time off requests and people that like randomly leave all the time, more employee turnover, lower customer retention, because what you do internally seeps outwardly, lower customer conversion, and lower profitability. These are all the things that happen if we don't do this. So what is recognition and how can you deploy it in your business, right? And a lot of people think like, oh my God, maybe I'm too small for this. I only have like five people. I started doing this. We had like five employees. So people are like, how did you grow so fast? Did you? I'm like, it's literally, it's literally all this soft shit that nobody wants to do. I swear to God. So what is it? It's really a business initiative to formally acknowledge a person or behavior that we want to see more of in the company. When we want more of something, recognize it, Okay. There are four pieces to recognition. There's really the what, the who, the how, and the when. So I want to break these down. The when. When are you going to recognize somebody? Okay. These are things that I want you guys to think through so you can identify opportunities that you're currently missing where you're not reinforcing behavior. One would be when someone completes a goal right? Maybe they achieve a quarterly goal. They achieve all their quarterly goals for the quarter. They hit a sales quota. Uh, they finish the workouts ahead of time. Uh, a client hits a goal. You can. Uh, this all applies to clients as well. The second is effort-based. So a recognition of an employee whose behavior is most likely to drive results. 
This is important because if somebody's trying to achieve a goal that might take them a year, you need to give them reinforcement throughout the way. Otherwise, the likelihood that they will actually achieve it is very low. That is why most people don't hit long-term goals. They don't get enough micro recognition along the way, right? And so what happens if you don't recognize behavior is you fucking extinguish a behavior. It's called an extinction curve. The less a behavior is recognized and reinforced, the more likely it is the person doesn't do it again. So if you have an employee who's working their ass off to achieve a goal that's gonna take months, fucking recognize them every day. It'll keep them going. The third is milestone-based, okay? So this one is probably one of the easiest ones. It's like your first day on the job, uh, 90 days with the company, you're off like your probationary period. It could be a yearly anniversary, a birthday, an employee appreciation. I'm always trying to find like a reason to like a reward stuff. Recently, I Googled, it was like Administrative Professionals Day. And then I was like, I'm gonna recognize like my two fucking awesome EAs who made all this shit happen for us, right? So I'm like, I just want a reason. And then lastly is value right? Which is recognition of behavior that exemplifies a core value in the company. So people are like, how do I, I have these values, but like nobody abides by them. It's like, well, do you fucking reinforce them for it? It's like every time I see someone use sincere candor, I'm like, fucking awesome. You rock. You are amazing. Every time I see somebody that is acting competitively great in our company, again, amazing. Tell everyone on the team, you are amazing. This is awesome. We are reinforcing you right now. Guess what? It works if they know you're doing it. My whole team knows that we do it and it still works. <laughs> The second is the who. So a lot of people are like, okay, I now need to do this to everyone in my company. But that's not actually the case. In fact, yes, it is effective when you recognize someone's behavior. But there's also then, can you recognize their behavior in front of the entire team, which is even more powerful because social recognition is more powerful than individual. And you know what's even more powerful than that in most companies is that peer-to-peer -peer recognition. Can you get people that are teammates to recognize each other? So it's not just you going top down, but you can get people side to side to recognize each other. Give each other high fives, reinforce when someone's hitting a goal. How much of that do you have in your business? And then there's the what, okay? There is formal recognition and there is spontaneous recognition. Formal recognition is easy. It's the predetermined and predictable way to acknowledge behavior and accomplishments in a company. This is where you see people recognizing people for birthdays, anniversaries, all that kind of stuff, right? And that is the stuff that I was really good at when we first started. And I think it created a really great culture uh, for the most part, besides all the fuck-ups. And that's what a lot of people can do. They can do it this way. That might be yearly. You've got MVP of the year. It might be quarterly. You have quarterly reviews, attainment of a goal. We do a thing at Gym Launch called the Jedi Award. It might be monthly, employee of the month, you know, attainment of a monetary goal. You know, they hit their sales quota. Or it might be weekly. They have like a birthday, an anniversary, somebody did something really cool, client win. Right, those are all the ones that you guys are probably pretty familiar with. But what is spontaneous recognition? Spontaneous recognition is a flexible and timely method to positively acknowledge behavior and accomplishments. What does this look like? Okay. It looks like shout outs. The moment somebody does something on your team, shout them out in the Slack channel or Voxer channel or whatever it is they use to communicate. Immediately text them, right? Shout them out to the whole team on the full team little uh, chat. It could be a handwritten card. Somebody does something great, send them a handwritten card on literally there's an app called handwritten.com. It can send it same day. It could be a wow gift. It could be like someone did something fucking awesome. I'm gonna send them flowers right now. I'm gonna send them cookies. I'm gonna send them an energy drink. I'm gonna send them coffee. I'm gonna send them a bottle of booze. Like whatever it is, whatever they like. It could be you send them a t-shirt at Gym Launch for a long time. I hope we still have it. Um, we had this program where anytime someone exemplified a core value, we would go online and we could send them a t-shirt that said the core value on it. Really cool. It could be highlighting them in 
you know, an email you send out to your team every week or a shout out or a little synopsis you do. The important part to understand is that recency beats intensity. When you are recognizing someone, a high five is more powerful than telling them they did a good job 10 minutes later. So when your trainer teaches a class and they fucking crush it, just give them a high five immediately. This is more powerful than any. So if you are to recognize somebody and it's going to be, you know, I want to give them a huge bonus at the end of the year. And you're probably thinking like, I'm sure lots of you are like, I need to like incentivize my team correctly. This drives behavior more than any compensation plan. Why? Because compensation is so fucking delayed that our brains can't even associate what behavior has driven it. Now, I will say the more intelligent the human, the more they can associate the more delayed gratification. That is true. But it still is going to be beat by recency every time. And then there's the how. You know, how are we doing those things? Just a couple of examples of how you can actually recognize your team tactically. There's written, verbal, and reward-based recognition, okay? Written, company newsletter. You could shout them out on social media, like trainer of the week. You know, don't say salesperson of the week. Um, (laughs) Something else of the week, right? You send them a handwritten card. Verbally, shouting them out on a meeting, telling them in their one-on-ones, acknowledging it to somebody else on the team. And then there's reward. You could plan an activity for them. Something I like to do with people I'm closer to on the team is like, you know, I'll even ping their spouse, get them to like coordinate a day off and then like help them go to the spa or something, right? You give them a bonus, you can send them custom swag, a trophy, an award, something for free, right? And so the ideal scene is that you start small and you add in variety. And for all of you guys, I want you to understand too, this can all be done for your clients. And if I were you, I would test this on my team, especially on my trainers, and then get them to start doing this to your clients. I bet you they'll lose more weight, they'll get in better shape, they'll come to more classes. Uh, I call this the recognition scrambler, which is really just an example of how this all fits together, right? Am I going to do formal or am I going to do spontaneous? Who is going to do it to who? And then how am I going to deliver the recognition? Is it going to be written, verbal, or reward-based? And is it going to be due to an outcome, effort, milestone, or value? I would use this, and I would just, even right now for you guys, focus on one piece of it. It's like, what can I do better? What's one thing I can start reinforcing in my team today with like a fucking high five or a Slack message? So I'd love you guys to rate yourself on a scale one to 10 recognition. One is that you're like, man, I think my team does a good job, but I don't tell them. I don't actually reinforce it. 10 is like every time my team does a good job, I try to spot it and I try to tell them. Great. That was all five, okay? So what did we cover? How to set clear expectations, how to hold people accountable, how to communicate effectively, how to not set a totally boring communication cadence, and how to deploy recognition. What I would love for you guys to do is pick one of these things, whatever you felt like after listening to resonated with you as being the one that you need the more of in your business, and that be the one takeaway you have from this talk. If you try to do all of this, this is way too much fucking shit. It takes way too long. But if you can do one thing when you walk away, I think that's a gift we can all give ourselves. Thank you guys for your time. 